We're going to have a little different kind of Sunday today. Um, as you might have noticed on the front of your bulletin, you'll see it says Mission Sunday. Uh, Brother Kelly had asked um, while he was gone if, if Ken could cover last week and I could cover this week. And I asked him before he left, I said, well, you know what? We haven't had uh, any reports on some of the mission trips that we've taken um, in this last year. Would it be okay if we talked a little bit about that? And he said, Absolutely. Um, and so we're excited to be able to share some of the things that God has been doing, how great God has been uh, in, in, uh, in just these trips that we've seen and some of the local mission opportunities that we've had. I want to start there with that. We here at Kemsville, when we talk about missions, we always start local here at home. And uh, I've heard this statement before, the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. And so local missions has been a heartbeat of our church. Uh, Many of you have been involved in in a lot of the things uh, that we do local missions. Um, We have, of course, union mission that we'll partner up with sometimes, and and, uh, people in need ministry, pen ministry, who work with the homeless down at the oceanfront. Um, Some of you are so faithful to come and bring things and say, Tim, can you get this down to pen ministry? And, um, and so I, I love to get that down to Dallas Stamper. Here's a guy, Dallas, who left a six-figure insurance job and started working with the homeless people of Virginia Beach. He's truly called. Um, and so we are able to support them in, in little ways. Um, outreach for Christ. Um, this December, we're excited to be able to to come back around um, to get toys and buy toys for some of these, um, those who are incarcerated um, in jail and, and they can't get gifts uh, to their families. Uh, we can provide Christmas toys. You know what's coming up. I can't believe it. You saw maybe on the Welcome Center the table up already for the Operation Christmas Child, the shoe boxes. You guys are so faithful to bring shoe boxes. That's coming up in about a month that those are due. Um, Something that you might not be aware of, something that's starting brand new, Child Evangelism Fellowship. I don't know if you've heard of that. CEF. Um, they are able uh, to take people in the community, in churches, and they can go to the school and they can do what's called a good news club for children after school. And so, do you realize that not this Monday, but next Monday, we're going to be starting a good news club? up at Point of View Elementary School. And we have, yeah, and we have three ladies um, in our church. Um, I'm going I'm to call them out. I'm going to ask you to stand up. But uh, Debbie Smith, uh, Sandy Abramitis, and Denise Jones, if you would stand up. These three have, have accepted the call to go in and share the good news of Jesus Christ with elementary school students that would be involved in this Good News Club. The principal has okayed it. Um, and so if they, they would like some more help. If, if you're willing, this is going to be their first one uh, coming up next Monday. So it's not too late to even start with them. If you wanted to be a part of them going in and, and being on mission for Christ, and, and some little kids who have never heard about the gospel of Christ might hear for the very first time. If you want to be a part of that, please let us know. Um, but if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to take a second and, and just pray. Pray for, for them as they start this journey. God, what an opportunity to get into the school to just share about Jesus. Uh, Lord, we're, we're in a society that wants to kick Jesus out of schools. Um, we, we pray right now. Lord, as we take Jesus into the school system there, Lord, we just pray that you would just do an amazing work in them. Lord, that little lives would be touched with the hope and grace that you provide. Be with the leaders, Lord. Be with all three of these ladies. I pray, God, that you would just um, give them the, the endurance, the strength, the patience, everything that's take, needed uh, to take the gospel there to this setting. And so, God, we're, th- we're grateful. We're thankful for Point of View Elementary uh, just to open up their doors uh, for this club to start. So you be over that, God. We've already seen you work in a miraculous way to open that door. And so, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you were out here last Sunday um, uh, working with the Bear Foundation, which is a foster Christian foster family organization. And we saw a lot of families come, um, you know, and, and we had a carnival for them just to say, hey, we're here. We want to meet you. We want to thank you for fostering families. 
Um, and, and many of you came out, and, and by the way, you, you, you might have been wearing a light blue shirt that had staff on it. Uh, we're going to need those back from you, so just a little plug. Wash those shirts, bring them back, you know, and uh, uh, that way we don't have to call each and every one of you. But anyway, some of you weren't able to be a part of that because we just, we would have had too many people, um, which is a good, good thing. But, um, but hopefully in the future, we'll be able to have more of our folks be a part um, of, of opportunities like this to get connected with things in the community that are trying to reach out to people. Um, thank you for your service. Thank you for coming out and, and um, being a part of that. Um, something I'm really excited about, and I want you to mark your calendar. It hasn't come out yet, but December 9th, Sunday evening here at our church in the Family Life Center, we're going to have a dessert. We're going to have a dessert, and we're calling it Christmas Around the World. And we're going to have mission opportunities. You, you know, at Christmas time, we like to go shopping, we like to get gifts and things like that. Well, think about this. This will be a mall <laughs> at the church. And I, and I say that because we're going to have different opportunities for you to donate money toward different gifts to help out missionaries around the world. So it's like actually putting money where God can increase and do amazing things. Uh, we might even have an opportunity out there to buy like a goat for a village that needs it in Africa. You don't understand how much a goat would bring to a village like that. But anyway, we're going to have different opportunities. I'm, I'm getting excited about that. But mark it down, December 9th, that Sunday evening, um, here in the Family Life Center, is going to be a missions opportunity to get involved. Um, local missions. I love this church and how we have a heart for things here locally. Um, State missions. Um, I'm going to ask if the Damascus, Virginia mission team would join me up here on the platform. Um, This was our mission team that in mid-May, we took a trip all the way out to Damascus, Virginia. If you don't know where Damascus is, it's out toward um, uh, past uh, Virginia Tech area. It's lower southwest corner of our state. Um, but th- this was our, our team. Some of them weren't able to be here today, but I'm going to ask the team to come up. Um, the report in general um, over all the teams that came together to work with the Appalachian Trail hikers, that was our main ministry, to meet, greet, serve these Appalachian Trail hikers. And um, I'm going to give a If you'd like to wear a hat, you can go ahead and take it. Our Crafts for Missions team. If you're here and you're a part of the Thursday Crafts for Missions, would you stand to your feet, please? We'd like to recognize. These, these, these folks come out and they, they knit and, and they crochet these hats. And these hats are amazing. The hikers love them. Did you know we had a hiker come back to us one year and said, I got one of these hats. And did you know your, this, this hat saved my life? We're like, what do you mean? You know, he said, well, back out on the trail, I had my hat, you know, and, and um, I accidentally spilled tuna on my backpack. Well, that's just an invitation for a bear to come. He said, you know what I did? He said, I took your hat and I took it apart. And I actually was able to hang my backpack away from my tent and my sleeping bag. And that saved my life. <laughs> we said, however you need to use this hat, you go ahead and use it. I mean, what, uh, what an, I mean, just these Appalachian trail hikers just love the things that we get to do. And I know there's going to be some pictures, um, but um, Gerald, do you have your mic up here? Is it, let me, let me grab that mic because I'm going to need that when we share a little bit. Um, I'm going to, I can't call on everybody, but um, Don, tell us, I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell us what you did when, when you were inviting people up to the porch, you know, use the maps, you remember, and, and you asked them to do something well, special with these maps. We kind of, we kind of uh, you know, the kids walking along the sidewalk, you know, they've been, they've been on the trail for two or three weeks walking 500 miles mm-hmm. from Georgia all the way to Virginia, and this is a stopping place for them, and They've been kind of by themselves, nobody to talk to, but now they've got somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. That's us. Yes. That's it. And uh, we invite them to come up. We have a, a porch, what we call the porch ministry, mm-hmm. and uh, 
one of our folks sits up there, gets up there like six o'clock in the morning and makes a pot of coffee. And those yeah. guys get up early because they've been, you know, used to being outside in the sunshine and they're out there walking the streets. And so come on, have a cup of coffee. That's right. Have a seat. That's right. Have a little conversation. And uh, the Lord, Lord blesses that great. That's absolutely right. Yep. And Don, this past year, was our sticker man. Uh, in one of those pictures, you saw a map of the United States, a map of the world. And Don would encourage people to say, here, take a sticker, go put it on the map, tell us where you're from. And you should see these maps. I mean, people from all over the world. We had uh, a, a lady come, and she was, she was hiking the trail. I think she was either from, like, maybe Switzerland or something. Anyway, she was over, overseas in Europe. And she said she saw an advertisement for hiking the Appalachian Trail. And she said, and on that advertisement, it was was a commercial on TV or something, she said, I saw people washing the hiker's feet. And she said, there's no way that really happened. She came over, hiked the trail, and then during Damascus Trail Days found us and we washed feet. Now, we have the porch, porch ministry. Now, we also have the washing of the feet. And you talk about some dirty feet, but a captive audience. And, and when you sit down and you look at them and you say, why, why do you think we wash your feet? And there's, well, does something in the Bible say something about that? Well, yeah, you're exactly right. Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and we talked to them about why we do this. And you, you should just see their faces. I mean, it's just, why would you do this for me? They don't, they don't get it. Um, and you'll have some interesting conversations. I remember Bobby one time was sitting across from a guy, and, and all, all of a sudden I hear, Tim! Come here. And I'm like, okay. I come over. He goes, this, this fellow right here, this is his name, and, and he's a Christian Buddhist. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, so we sat down, and we just talked. We shared. We shared about what the Bible has to say. And there's so many meaningful conversations. And, uh, of course, Eric, trying on our socks. Um, we, we also give away socks. Everybody gets their feet washed, gets a pair of hiking socks. And these socks are amazing. You know, over the years, the team has shared that when they're washing feet, they used to ask, do you have any blisters or anything? It's, it's you know, really sensitive. But here in the last few years, people are like, no, we're fine. And you know what? It's the socks and the shoes and the engineering of those socks. These socks are top-of-the-line socks. And so they get a free pair after they sit and they wash, they get their feet washed. And so everybody, every single person has a niche on this team. And it comes together and you just see the body of Christ come together and serve these trail hikers. And um, I wish we had more time to just go into more detail. But the porch ministry, working in cooperation with the foot washing, um, we get two full days cram-packed of mission opportunity right there uh, in mid-May. And so um, this was your team. You sent this team. You commissioned this team this past year. And we've had, if you're an alumni of going on our Damascus trip, would you stand up as well? Because we do have a lot of folks that have gone before, weren't able to go this year. But um, yes, a lot of you have gone before. And so um, let's thank them for their service. Thank you, guys. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. You go talk about all, the ladies of cookie, homemade cookie, peanut butter and jelly. That's what we take over there and the hikers stop by, get the cookie and the sandwich. We have a toilet trees and all. That's a good time to start talking. We thank for that. And everybody help class, individual, donate a little bit to a little bit of saliva that God is in it. So I just appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, we do thank our Crafts for Missions team. They, they are just crocheting, what, 500-some hats that we can take 
uh, for them. And these hikers love trying them on. And, and it is cold up there on the trail. They use it, and, and they love these hats. So it's just a, an awesome way to see how our church can provide something for our team to actually go. A lot of you bake cookies and, and make things. So it is a total team effort. We really appreciate you as a church sending us. So thank you guys for coming up. Appreciate it. A few stats that happened on this Damascus trip. Altogether, there were 234 people from 19 different ministries that came together and ministered there to these hikers. Six states, six different states that came together to share the gospel in Damascus. The medical team there saw 135 people. There were 250 people that had their feet washed. 66 people had their hair cut. There were 601 loads of hiker laundry done, 1,081 showers were taken, more than 1,600 meals served, 229 people were prayed with, there were five rededications, 24 salvations, and one baptism in the river. So neat things happened. In about mid-August, we took a a team of high school students. I'm going to ask you guys, Baltimore trip, if you guys would come up. We went up to uh, see Phil Gifford and his family. And um, I think we have some pictures of Phil and his family up here. Uh, Maybe you know Mark Brady. Mark Brady has led at our awesome August Monday night services in the past. Um, This is his son-in-law and his daughter. And so they are church planting up there outside of Baltimore, uh, north and east of the city, and um, in Abingdon, uh, Maryland. And so they um, have started out, they're actually meeting in a movie theater, Regal Cinemas. And um, they've, they've been established, I think they started their first church service about a year and a half ago. Um, and God has really moved in, in their church and God's bringing people to them and and Phil is faithfully just uh, giving all that he has um, to just reach out to the people in Abingdon. A couple of things that we got to do and I'm just going to pick on some kids. So um, so let's see. um, uh, Julian, why don't you tell us about the mulch? We're going to see, yeah, just here's some pictures. Well, this is our team in Baltimore. We got to go in uh, one evening. But here's a picture of the mulch. So tell us what we were doing here, Julian. The mulch. The um, mulch. my favorite part of the entire trip. Uh, <laughs> so we, we went up uh, on a dog park, like, at the very top of this hill. And you could tell, like, there was the mulch was old. And it was, like, spreading because you could see the tarp under it. So we had this, this, this mountain, this, this mountain of mulch. And we had to spread it on both sides, and uh, we we could have spread the we could have spread half of the mulch on both sides. I think it was it was fun. Uh, my favorite part was uh, sleeping. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite part. Yes. <laughs> and we had buckets and wheelbarrows, and we were just spreading it. And yeah, it took us two days to do that, um, and it, it got hot in mid-August in the afternoon, so we kind of knocked off after lunch and came back up the next day, huh? Yeah, understatement. That's exactly right, yeah. So we got to do mulch, and then, as if we weren't tired enough that first morning doing mulch, after lunch, these guys went out and they canvassed, they put door hangers on doors uh, for uh, advertising for our movie night that was going to be happening Friday night. How many of those about? Over a thousand, it was about 1,500 of these door hangers going door to door and inviting folks to come to the movie night that was going to be happening. So they were tired out, but they were awesome. They didn't compl- I didn't hear complaints, and I mean, at least I didn't hear them. But no, yeah, no, they were great. They, they just, um, and, and I had the easy job. Um, I was the bus driver, so I got to sit in the air condition and kind of drop them off. And so I'm sure they were getting bitter at my job, and they wanted to get a CDL so they could be a bus driver next time. Um, uh, Chavi, could you tell us about the sorting of the school supplies? Oh, God. Okay, our picture. so the, um, the school supplies. This actually happened the first time? Or, first no, night? No, Thursday first, night? First night, yeah. yeah. First night that we went over there, uh, we just got off the bus. Everybody was tired. But then we saw these um, school supplies. 
you're like, well, we need to get this done, you know, you need to get it done in the community. And it, it took us a long time, but to see like the faces of the people afterwards, just getting yeah. what they needed for the kids. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just really rewarding. And it really just yeah. um, showed God's love to them, to, to me, you know. Awesome. Yeah, tell us, Kelly, tell us about the school supply. Uh, drive. The, this is what happened. Right, yeah. So we set up all these tents and stuff, and all these school supplies, and uh, so we had like stuff for the kids, obviously. So we had like snow cones and popcorn, bouncy houses, and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, so then, while the kids were like having fun, you know, getting snacks, you know, as yeah. kids like. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, then the parents could go over and grab whatever they thought their kid needed, whether it be like a book bag, a binder, yeah. you know, pencils, pens, all that good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Cool to see all the families, you know, get what they need. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And so that was Saturday. And then, um, Nikki, can you tell us about the games at the library? Absolutely. What that was? Yeah. yeah. So after all the school supplies and everybody came through, we served over, what, 200 families yeah. came through for the school supplies. Yeah. A lot of them that I met, they were first time people that just moved into the area. They didn't know what to do, where to go. They wanted information mm -hmm. about how their family could be involved in things like this. Yeah. And so during the playtime at the library, a few families came through and they had no one family in particular that me and my husband really warmed up to had known the missionaries for a while, but never came out to support the missionaries, not because they didn't want to, but because they were in another church and another ministry, but they loved them through their PTA um, dealings that they had, you know, a, a different circle that they, you know, had um, known them through. However, their interest in coming out and supporting something like this had grown and after having an excellent time with us playing at the library, they finally came out for the first time on Sunday morning to worship with us mm -hmm. because of the fellowship that my husband and I had with the couple mm -hmm. and their children. And so that was really uplifting yeah. because that's what it's about. Your mission mm -hmm. is about drawing them in and drawing them near to be a part of something bigger than what they had thought that they could be a part of. Even though they're a part of another ministry and going to another ministry, I don't know their story. I don't know if they're involved in their other ministry, but here is one that we can present to them that, hey, you could be more than just sitting in the pew. That's right. Yeah. You know? And that's what it's about. It's about going out and that's reaching it. those hearts to say, come on, let's that's do it. this for Jesus. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And Matt, we did get to worship with them Sunday morning. And um, Matt, if you would tell us about that, he got to actually play with their band. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, I, I, was, uh, I was a little unfortunate that I couldn't uh, sweat in the heat that first day. I had to come up a day later, so I'm sorry. Uh, but no, actually, I, I showed up, and Phil saw me. He's like, hey, I remember you from last year. So he said, by the way, we need a keyboard player for Sunday. I said, oh, boy. So uh, thank you, Rachel, for printing the uh, music and sending it up to me. So we were able to... Uh, uh, play. I was able to join their, their worship band on Sunday morning, but we, uh, we all got up. It was, it was a really nice treat, I think, for all of us after a very, very long, hard work week yeah. to come in uh, to very air-conditioned and cool uh, <laughs> movie theater where uh, Connecting Church uh, meets. That Their worship center is a movie theater. They, they rent a couple theaters, one for their children and one for their adults. And we were able to join in with them in worship. And uh, that was a huge blessing to me just to be able to take something that I'm used to doing on Sunday and then not having to miss it, being able to participate in other church. But I know all of us felt the same way about being able to, to come in and worship together to lift up the Lord, do the little bit of Bible study. But uh, they meet. Uh, actually, they, they're just wrapping up their services about now. So uh, continue to pray for them. Um, support Brother Phil. He leads the worship and he preaches. Uh, so it's a very busy Sunday for him. But uh, we were, I was hugely blessed to be able to go and to, uh, to worship alongside them. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you coming up. Yeah. So it was a hard trip, but uh, very fulfilling. And um, this is what Phil did over the summer. Uh, participated in over 50 different outreach initiatives. There were 13,500 homes canvassed throughout the summer and different mission teams coming up and helping him out. 13,000. Um, they served 4,100 4, people at different outreach events. They held over what they estimate 200 gospel conversations. 
and saw 84 first-time visitors in worship service. And so a lot of things happening up there in Baltimore. Um, so we have our country represented. We had our state, Damascus, our, our uh, country going up to Maryland, outside of Virginia. And now we have, internationally, we had uh, sent a small team to Cuba. Um, and so I'm going to ask the Cuba team to come up, and I'm going to ask... Uh, Dick Powell, if he would come up and join them as well. Um, um, Matt Marie Lovato and Jen, and this is her dad. And uh, uh, Mr. Powell is actually on, he was on staff at, at a church as a missions pastor in South Carolina. And this is how we first got introduced to Cuba and the opportunity to go down there. Um, they had been going um, several trips, and and I said, um, well, would you happen to have room on your team for some some of us to go as well last year? And uh, and he said, yeah, we do. We have a few spots, and so God orchestrated us four to go down last year, uh, and Rachel, um, and uh, Rachel went with us there. And, uh, and then this year, uh, Matt, Marie, and Jen went down again with another team uh, that uh, Mr. Powell led. And uh, so I'm going to ask him if he would just share with us just real briefly about uh, the pastors that they've connected with. And you'll see their pictures uh, up here. Well, this is certainly a first time for me to be in front of your church. Uh-huh. It's also the first time for me to see Matt in a suit. Matt is always behind a saw or a hammer or doing something like that. No more concerns by Simon. Cuba is a very, very interesting place. We've been going down there, as Tim said, for about seven years. Our pastor and another other uh, another pastor from a church in North Carolina uh, have been doing some pastoral training of people, other pastors and mission pastors in the area, and then. about, they did that for about three or four years, and then we started taking some teams down about four years ago. And one of the, the really great things is being able to introduce them uh, to Awana. And now Awana's here in your church, very active. And they just never had any of these kind of resources. And so this year we got the chance to hear a number of the Awana leaders give testimony to just how much that has changed their lives and also the lives of just hundreds of, hundreds of children down there. So uh, some of the pastors that we've been working with, let's see. Yeah. You could throw up one of those pastor pictures, Allie. Certainly you can see what Cuba, you know, Cuba is just one, an yeah. interesting, certainly an interesting place oh. in that the, the Christian, the believers are not necessarily persecuted down there, but the government does everything they can to discourage them from really meeting together. This year on our team, we had somebody from the agency with us, yeah. and he traveled around with us. I have, to this date, I have no idea what the agency is, but he watched our every move down there to see what we were doing, and uh, apparently we were okay because he let us out, but um, the first the first picture that you saw there was... A, uh, if you could go back to the first picture. One is, is there Pastor you go. Pedro, his wife, uh, Jelly, and then his daughter, uh, Helen, and her husband now, they just got married a few weeks ago, Ms. Cesar, who's also a church planter in the area, and Ariel, Adriel is the son. Uh, Pastor Pedro is uh, um, the elected church planting coordinator for Eastern Cuba, for the uh, Baptist Convention in Eastern Cuba, and so he has about 15 different mission churches that are under his supervision. He's a great, great man, a great, great teacher, um, very energetic. Uh, they all just love the Lord. Their, their faith is so real. Uh, his wife, Jelly, um, leads the Iwana program and is the children's minister in that area. Not minister, but just leading the, uh, the children's program. So, so Pastor Pedro is our main contact down there, and he helps us organize the trips and get our visas and all of those kind of things. And he's, he's uh, uh, interested in planting another church. Uh, they hope to plant like three churches every year in the area. Mm-hmm. Next picture that's up there is a, uh, is a the family junior is his name. And then they have also have a teenage daughter and this little guy. He's one of the most talented musicians that uh, I've ever met. Uh, in addition to being the worship leader at the church in Yuwani, he and his wife and family, they travel every Sunday night and every Thursday night about five kilometers or a little over three miles uh, 
by foot down a dirt road in order to be the pastor at a, at a mission church. And so that's a great commitment. This year we were able to take a keyboard down to them uh, and uh, because their other one was very unreliable. So we took it that Sunday morning to the church. They immediately took their old one, put it in the corner, started working on with the new one. And afterwards they were just so excited with it and because uh, their other one would give out partway through the service. Uh, they would, uh, they would, afterwards there was people all around looking at it. And the next morning he came for, to, uh, to help us with Awana. And he said, I took it home last night and I was working on it and just figuring it out. And all of a sudden it was morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, then we have another family that we began working with several years ago. His name is Benito, and he's a pastor that's about 60 miles away, and his wife is Isabella, and their children are Marcos, and Betsy, and Rocio, and yeah. And so uh, they've become very close friends to us. Uh, he also has a, uh, does, he's going to seminary now, and he also has a, uh, does preach, or teaches expositional preaching just to a group of pastors that are around the area. So they're just very, very faithful faithful people that are there. Um, just And we're so excited that we were able to, to partner with Kempsville. Uh, this past year, you guys helped us take down a number of Bibles. I think 150 Bibles were taken down for men and women and children down there. So we say thank you to that, and we look forward to doing that, keeping them with that. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, just an amazing opportunity. These, these missionary pastors, um, their salary uh, is about $20 a month. So think about the next $20 you spend, and that could get them all the way through a month of living down there. Um, doctors down there make about $50 a month. Um, and so um, hopefully this coming December 9th, when we're in there, maybe we can sponsor a couple of pastors to, uh, for a couple of months. But uh, um, some other opportunities that were down there, um, I'm going to ask Matt. Uh, Matt, um, what was the construction project that you guys worked on specifically this, this year? Well, uh, this year we, uh, we went to Iwani and worked on uh, the church that was there. Uh, they had, uh, when you went in up, or went into the church, there was a set of stairs that went to the top of the, uh, the building, and they were uh, having problems with uh, vandals uh, coming in and people trying to break into the church. So uh, we built a secure uh, building uh, on the top of it to keep people from coming in and out of it, and that's the first wall there uh, and that one there. And, yeah, that's, that's what we were doing. And each morning we got to do a devotion with the men uh, in the construction site, and uh, I thought that was good that, you know, in some places uh, the construction guys won't come to the church, but we were able to take the gospel to the guys that, you know, wouldn't come there. So I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And that's the finished yep. um, building right yep. there. So um, it's, it's a lot of work doing construction there uh, in Cuba. And uh, so another opportunity, of course, um, uh, Mr. Powell, I mentioned about uh, Awana. Um, Jen, this, this was uh, the Awana group, and something interesting about this, I'm going to ask you to explain a little bit about this gym. The facility that they were in, last year, we were supposed to be outdoors at a soccer field, and God had something going on to get us to this gym. And uh, last year, we were in this gym, and again, back at this gym. What happened this year that uh, was pretty surprising? Last year, when we showed up at the soccer fields and they said, well, we're having a soccer tournament, you can't use them, uh, we were like, what are we going to do? And so Pastor Pedro figured something out with this gym right here. And the gym owner, he, um, he said, well, you can use it for this one day. Um, and we, we were supposed to have a whole week of Awana every morning. So we said, well, thanks, you know, excited about this morning. You know, it might be the only one we have. Um, but by the end of the day, and he was kind of hanging around, kind of watching what was going on. Um, and with Awana there... We do a lot like what, well, I'll go back into that in a second. So after the first day, he was like, um, okay, well, you can come back tomorrow. And that happened every day. He would say, well, I guess you can come back again tomorrow. So that was last year. Uh, we used the gym every morning. Um, came back, and we were all hoping we'd get the gym again. We weren't sure. Um, but they said, yes, you're going to that city, and you're going to use the gym. And we all remembered the owner, and we were excited to see him. Um, but this time, it was really different. This, and he, he had his nephew and his son. They came and participated. And um, we 
weren't sure how much he was listening to the Bible stories we were telling the children. There were like 100 children every day. Um, but he was listening. And on the very last day, um, when we had like the, the altar call, if you want to say, and these little 17 little children out of 100 came forward and accepted Jesus. And we were so excited. And then everything was done. And we found out that the gym owner, he had accepted Christ as well that day while, while we were given the invitation for the children. And so we were realizing that a whole year ago when we thought our plans were being disrupted, mm. you know, God had a man in the city who owned a gymnasium who needed Jesus. Mm. And it took a whole year, yeah. but that man, he came to know Christ. He works with the government too, so this is a big thing for him to step out. And he went to the men's event that Matt and some of the men did in the mm. church later on. I think it's that, that night, actually. He showed up at the church. So we're really excited about that. Awesome. Yeah. I'll share. Um, just for the sake of time, in, in the Awana time that they have together, they, they get to do the games, as you saw, inside that gym. They, they teach them the Bible, teach them Scripture that's foundational to Christianity, and um, just an awesome time of ministering uh, to those children. Marie um, was placed in the uh, awesome role of the opportunity this year to be the keynote speaker at the women's, was it a tea? Yeah. Was it a women's yeah. tea uh, there? And uh, tell us, what was the, um, the actual theme of the tea? Was it? Um, it was armor of God. So I absolutely love the unity of the team. Like, yeah. it was amazing. Like, yeah. the, you know, the ladies uh, that we went with, even though they're, you know, um, wasn't here, we communicate through email and Facebook and things like that. So um, all together praying, you know, arm in arm. And really, we, it was really cool how everyone was just like armor of God this year, you know. Um, and uh, it was actually another lady, uh, Miss Pam, she had said uh, Psalms um, 91 verse 1 and 2, um, was like our theme verses for that. Uh, these ladies last year was their first tea. Um, they'd never experienced anything like that. Like they, they we take over um, all the little things that you get to enjoy at tea, like the little cups and okay. you know the, the centerpiece, and you fix up a table. And and to them, this was amazing. So um, we also got to give them bags um, at the end with a Bible or a devotion in it. Um, it also had a couple of little things like little jewelry or fingernail polish, just something to show that they are loved and that they are special. So last year it was, I think, uh, around like uh, 70 ladies that showed up. This year we had 117. Uh, so um, they were like kept coming. There was like a line between these two little brick buildings. I was like, I don't know if we're all going to fit in here. So, so but we did. Um, it, was, it, it was amazing. Um, they had asked me to... Uh, give a devotion. So um, I, I had prayed about it uh, and lined it up, you know, with the scripture in Ephesians um, and really just kind of shared testimony, you know, how God had walked us through that scripture um, and how that looked in our life. And it really ministered to these ladies because a lot of them, um, you know, are either walking in their faith alone or, you know, they're in extreme poverty. And I mean, there's just a lot of suffering. You know, everyone has trials, whether here or there. They're, you know, they just got a lot going on and so it was really a message of hope that um, we got to take to them and it was a special time and um, Jen had the privilege of being able to sing um, a song in which she doesn't know Spanish so um, she had this uh, friend of hers um, that she had went to school with that actually worked with her over message messenger and um, you know Facebook but uh, <laughs> and got to teach her how to sing this song in Spanish um, so this was really special to these ladies because they know that we can't speak their language so for you know that really ministered to them in a way for you know Jen to be able to take that time and um, learn that song in a language that she didn't understand to minister to their hearts and then how God just really tied that and with the message that he had sent me with to deliver um, to them as well as how every team member that we went with it was an amazing team like from each church it, I mean 
everyone had something to offer. And I, and I mean, for, for all of you that, that sent us and all of you that were praying or, you know, any of you that knew or had anything to do with it. Or, I mean, everything tied in together um, so well. And it really ministered to these ladies. Um, it was a it, it was just a very special time. And um, so, yeah, yeah. this uh, last year um, was the first time, I believe, right, Matt, and Marie were on a flight. Uh, yes. I've been on a plane before. You were on a plane no, before. Okay, me. Marie, yeah. <laughs> so you talk about um, just accepting the uh, obedience to God's calling and um, how this kind of came about. Matt had a dream, oh, um, and he okay. came to me, and he was saying, you know, Tim, he said, I had a dream about going to Cuba. Oh. And I said, well, you want to make that happen? <laughs> I said, I know somebody, the church that has gone to Cuba. Um, and so God just orchestrated that that whole thing, and that's when I made the call to to Mr. Powell, and and we had spots onto the team, and and uh, God took it over. So, uh, yeah. That's right. Matt had had. That's right. Yeah, Matt accepted the Lord. Um, yeah, Matt accepted the Lord back in September two years ago. Yeah. And uh, it was in January that uh, he had this dream about going to Cuba, you know, and and, uh, and God just made all this work together. And so God, to, to God be the glory. Thank you guys yes. for coming up. Thank I appreciate you. it. I want to be mindful of the time. Um, if you would turn to Mark, um, just a short word of encouragement as we leave today. We're all on mission. Mark chapter 16, we are all on mission. God is our commander, and if you haven't accepted him as Jesus, uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're, you're not under the lordship of his commands, you're under the lordship of your commands. And um, that doesn't really work out for you. I'll just get you, get you to understand, that, that doesn't really work out for you, because you work all your time on managing your things and things are out of control in this world. And so to have somebody like God to, for us to cast our cares and our concerns on, uh, it's just, it's awesome to have. And so I know I'm speaking to two different people in this room, one under the Lordship and commands of the Lord. And we are on mission at that point to go and do something. But I I take us to Mark 16, and and we'll be brief. Um, Mark chapter 16, uh, verse 1. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? Now, let's just stop right there. Talk about getting the cart before the horse. Did you notice this? They were they bought the spices on the way to the tomb, and then they thought, "Wait a minute, there's a big stone that was rolled away or rolled there. How are we going to get that thing away from there?" You know, there's a couple of don'ts when you're on the missionary journey. Number one, don't doubt. Don't doubt. God will provide the way. If you're called to go, God will provide every need along the way. Don't doubt. They had a stone in their way. God took care of it. Yeah, he rolled it away. But when they looked up, here they say, who's going to roll the stone away? But then they looked up, they saw the stone had already been rolled away for it was very large. What are the stones in your life keeping you from being on mission? What's in your way? Ask God to remove that thing. You need to be on mission. They looked up, they saw the stone was rolled away for it was very large. And then entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. Stop there. They were seeking Jesus of Nazareth. Some people actually seek Jesus to actually seek Jesus. Some actually seek Jesus to prove him wrong. 
Think about Lee Strobel. I don't know if you know that story. Case for Christ. He sought Jesus, but in a very different way. He was going to discredit it. He was going to prove Christianity was false. It was a cult. His wife, who had just accepted Christ, he was going to prove, you're, you're out of your mind. He sought Jesus, but in a very different way. He didn't want to believe. He wanted to prove it wrong. These people were seeking Jesus. Are we seeking Jesus? Are we seeking Jesus the right way? He said, you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. Look at that. Who was crucified. He is risen. On journey, don't live in the past. Don't live in the past. You're going to say, oh, Tim, but you don't know what I've done. (laughs) Don't live in the past. Do not live there. That could be a barrier for you to move forward on mission. Don't keep your past in in a way that keeps you from moving toward the mission and doing the mission. Don't live in the past. He's not here. He's risen. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed. Uh Uh-oh. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Don't miss the opportunity. How many times are we out there, God's opening a door way wide, and we don't walk through? Maybe it's because of fear. Oh, what am I going to say to these people? I don't know what to say, Lord. I'm not ready. I don't know. Don't miss the opportunity. They, they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Don't let that sentence classify you. Now, when he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. Now, she didn't say anything right away, but then she said something. She pushed through. She went and then told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. Now, who are they? The disciples, right? They mourned and wept. She went and told them. And when they heard that he was alive and he had been seen by her, uh uh-oh, they did not believe. Man, you ever been there telling somebody about Jesus? And they just, they don't believe. They're just like, "Uh uh-uh, not going to hear it, not going to listen. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. You keep staying on mission. Do what God's called you to do. Don't get discouraged. Because there's going to be people who say, I don't believe what you're saying. I don't believe that. Don't get discouraged. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest. Uh Uh-oh. But they did not believe them either. No, really, don't get discouraged. (laughs) Really, don't get discouraged. Because there's going to be a discouragement, and then there's going to be another discouragement, then another one. You know, not just one here, but you see two, right? Don't get discouraged. Later, Jesus, capital H, right? He, later he, capital H, he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief, and hardness of heart. Ouch. How would you like to be at that dinner table? That's not a fun dinner. That's, that's kind of hard swallowing the food. Don't get hard-hearted. Don't get hard-hearted. Boy, we can get that way. He said, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And then he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Don't forget the mission. What's your mission? Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized, will not might be, will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow. And he goes on. And then he ascends up. I was reading through this passage this week. We are all on mission. 
a phrase that came across in a footnote in my Bible. I want you to turn real quick. Two verses. John 20, verse 19. Check this out. John 20, verse 19. John 20, verse 19. I'm going to read it to you for sake of time. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Now, if you were there, if I were there, peace would have been the last thing on my mind when all of a sudden the doors were locked and Jesus was standing next to me. What just happened there? I would have been out of my mind. How did you just get in? We had the doors locked. Check this out. Luke 24, 31. Luke 24, 31. I'll read it for you. You don't have to go there. Luke 24, 31. Luke 24, 31, says this. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. You're at the table. Jesus is there. Then he's gone. Guys, the footnote in my Bible said this. The stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out. It was rolled away to let us in. To witness the fact that Jesus had risen. Jesus was gone. He's no longer here. He was was crucified. He's not here. Jesus didn't need a stone rolled away to come through those doors. He was vanishing. He was showing up different places. He could just went right through that rock. But that stone was rolled away so that we could see Jesus was risen. Here's the question to you. The door's open. If you have not been saved by faith through Jesus, the door's open. You just got to seek Jesus. You got to seek and find him. And you'll see the empty tomb. He conquered death. He conquered sin to give you life, to give you grace, to give you forgiveness. But Tim, you don't know what I've done in my past. How can he be forgiven? He does. He forgives it. You just got to seek Jesus. You all, all of us, we are on mission. Don't forget the mission. We forget the mission. Oh, This is our God, our commander-in-chief. We've seen how great he is. God's doing amazing things around us. Let's join him on mission to do amazing things. He wants to use us, but we got to be willing to let him. Not be scared. Don't let that phrase define who you are. I was scared. I said nothing. Let's be on mission for Christ. God, we thank you so much for the day. Lord, thank you for resetting our minds today to be on mission for you. You've called us to obedience, Lord. I pray that we would uh, not harden our hearts. We would add humble hearts to go out and obey and do what you want us to do. Lord, I pray for some here that might not know you as Savior. God, I pray that they would stop running. They would surrender. They would ask for forgiveness. They would accept you as Savior.